Nazir Dafyud Bet, the last thing we're discussing was if a person said, I'm a Nazir and I'm going to pay for someone else's korbanot, and someone said, also me, and I'm also going to pay someone else's korbanot, they're both obligated, and if they were smart, they would do it to each other, and if not, they would have to pay for a different Nazir's korbanot. And we asked the question, the word va'ani, is that going on everything or is it only going on the nizirut part? And we ended up saying va'ani is going on the nizirut part and the word va'alai is going on the korbanot part. And with that, we're starting Yud Aleph, Amud Bet, second to last line towards the end, where it says Amara beats Haq Bar Yosef, Amara Yohanan. So now we're on the second to last word on the page. Haomer Lishaluchov, someone told his messenger, Go, uh, woman for me. I want to get married. I don't care which woman. Just go be mekadesh a woman. And the shaliyah dies. Asur bechol anashim shivaolam. He's not allowed to marry any woman. Hazaka shaliyah hoseshlihuto because there's a hazaka. Remember, hazaka is very strong in our religion. It's a given fact that a shaliyah does his shalihut. When I send the messenger to do something, he did it. So he's mekadesh a woman. Vechavan de lo parish. And since he didn't tell him which woman, haloyada. So he doesn't know which one he was Mekadesh. And now the problem is, every woman has relatives, or Asur could be he was Mekadesh, that relative. And now this man is stuck in Misafek, he's Asur to everyone Misafek. And Tosafot explains that it's not a real uh, Safek, it's more of a fine Hachamim put on him. Uh, it's a punishment for sending a shaliyah without telling him anyone in specific. Therefore, we're going to punish you and we're going to say you're asur to everyone, misafek. However, the Ramban, the Ran, the Ritba, they all explain it's a real safek, except it's a little bit different. Meaning, every woman it has hazaka of being single. The only problem is, is her each woman, her her relative maybe was engaged to this person. And each single woman is an Ayurvata, this man. Now, Resh Lakish has a problem with that. And, he's ask, and he asks Rabbi Yohanan from the following Braita, Ken Setuma. A ken is one of those birds that a yoledet, a zav, zava, they, they have to bring. It's either uh, doves, it's torim beneyona, doves, pigeons, things like that. Now, when there's only two people who can specify what they are. Is it a ola? Is it a hatat? Uh, the, when the person buying it, the owner, when he buys it, he could say, hey, this uh, bird is for hatat, this one's for ola, and the kohen actually doing the work. Now, ken meforeshet is birds that we know exactly what it is. Ken setuma, on the other hand, uh, is birds we don't know. He just bought its thumb and he gave it over to the kohen. At that point, uh, the man can't, uh, the owner can't uh, choose which ones for which. It's up to the kohen. And the problem is ken setuma. If we have birds, we're not sure what they are. Sheparha gozale had men Let's say one of the birds flew somewhere, or it flew into the hataot, the, the korban hatats, the bird hatats that are supposed to die, meaning you can't give them on the mizbeah. There's five types of korban hatats that have to be uh, sent to death, meaning they can't be given. It's either uh, the child of a hatat or uh, something that was switched for a hatat or hatat that the owner died or the owner used a different one. 
or hatat that passed the age it's supposed to be given. In all these cases, it is supposed to die. So let's say the bird flew into one of that. Or one of them died. What do you do? You just take another bird, and that will be the couple with the with the other bird that you need. Now, if this was a specified group of birds, meaning the Zav said that this is going to be hatat, this is going to be olah, if the same thing happened and one bird flew away, one bird flew into the other one, in there's no way of fixing this. Meaning if we knew what was missing, okay, just go bring another one. But if we're not sure which one flew, which one's not, and we have a big mix-up over here, there's no way of fixing this. Now, what about other groups of birds? There's a way to fix them. You just bring another korban. Now, what's the problem? Why should I be able to bring another bird and connect it with this one? We should say every single bird out there in the sky. Maybe it's this bird that we were supposed to give and it flew away. Maybe it was mugdash to someone else and now he can't be used for this person. What makes you say that every bird out there you can just take and connect it with this bird? Maybe it was mugdash to someone else. The same way every lady's mukda could be that's mekudash to him, could be this one also's mekudash to him. So Amr Rabbi Yohanan Lakish, Kamina Ana Isha I'm talking about a case of a woman who doesn't move. Something that doesn't move is stagnant. The halacha is, it's like fifty-fifty. And it's as if the shalih was mekadesh, fifty percent of the women in the world, and he doesn't have a rov helping him, and that's why everything is asur. Amat liat isurad and you're talking to me about an isur that moves around. In the case where the isur moves around like the birds, we go after the majority. We don't say it's fifty-fifty; rather, we say it's majority. Majority of the birds are not the birds that are asur. And if you want to say also in our case, the woman moves around. Okay, let's say he found her in the shuk, and that's where he was a mekadesher. But you know, that's not true, because even if you found her in the shuk while she's moving around, at some point she's going to come back home, she's going to stay in one place, and that's considered 50-50. But is there ever such thing as a bird that's going to come back to the original place? No, the bird flies away, and that's it. It's not going to come back to the original, uh, original place. Amar by the way, even though Rabbi Hanan was Oser, the, the, the person sending the messenger and all the women in the world, Umodir Rabbi Hanan still, Rabbi Hanan admits, Be'isha, in the case of a woman, she, if, if the, the, the woman, she'en la lobat, if she doesn't have a daughter, ve'lobat bat, no granddaughter, ve'lobat ben, and she doesn't have a granddaughter from her son, ve'lo em, no mother, ve'lo em, em, and not a grandmother, ve'lo ahot, and not a sister, and even if she had a sister and she got divorced after the fact, in, in all those cases, you could get married to that type of woman. For sure, that mutar. Because we don't have to worry he was Mekadesh a relative because there is no relative. Why? Because because when he sent the messenger, all these were already married or something like that, or not alive. When someone makes a shaliyah, I'm only sending someone a shaliyah to get me something that is mutar. Something that's not allowed in front of me. He doesn't make a shaliyah. So if there's a woman out there who all her relatives are married or dead or she has no relatives, okay, then that woman would be mutar. 
And Rabbah's reasoning is a person is his heads only on something that's mutar. When someone sends a shaliyah, it's only on something that's mutar to him, not something asur to him. The problem with that is tanan. We learned in our Mishnah. Hareni nazir, nazir. I'm a nazir, I'm going to pay for someone else's korbanot. And his friend heard and he said, Me also, I'm also going to pay for a nazir's korbanot. If they were smart, they pay for each other. If not, they pay for other people. Now, if you want to tell me that when a person made a vow, he only did it for uh, for, for something that, that is mutar or something that's in front of him, I get the second one because so the second one can pay for the first one because the first one was out there. It was mutar for him to, to do that, such a thing. But the first uh, guy who made himself a nazir, was the second person a nazir yet? His mind wasn't on him. Ela, you have to say that hachi kaamar. That you have to say this is what he said. nazir. If I find a nazir, even if he's a nazir after me, I'll pay for his korbanot. I'll pay, I'll pay for the haircut and the, and the, and the korbanot. Hachanami, same thing over here by by shaliach for kiddushin. Hachi kaamar. This is what he told the shaliach. If you find a woman, even if she's been divorced after uh, after I told you to go be Mekadesher, then, uh, then uh, be Mekadesher. I don't care who. And that's why if a woman was single at the time of when he sent him, she's asur to him. And that's a problem on Rabbah who said that a person's thinking was, was only on what is mutar, not what's uh, asur. Meaning only what was mutar at the time of the vow. And here we're saying even what's mutar after the vow is also asur to him. So the Gemara explains, Amrei, they said in the yeshiva, technically a person's mind is even on what's going to be mutar to him, not just what was mutar, but even what's going to be mutar. And that's why in our Mishnah, the first one it could uh, pay for the second one. Except when it comes to the messenger, Lo when a person sends a messenger, it's only on something he could do now. But if it's something that he can't do right now, he wouldn't make him a shaliyah. And therefore, if he was Kadesh, a woman who was married to someone else at the time where he sent him, and then she got divorced, uh, it's, uh, she's still a sort to him. And if even he was Kadesh, the, the Kiddushin doesn't count. So now the Gemara asks the question, Velo, really? A person cannot make a shaliyah on something that he doesn't have the power to do right now? Tashema? Look what it says in the Brayta. Haomer la potra pushela. A person set up a trustee over his assets, and he told him, Kol nedarim shetadur ishti mikan achi avom mekomplani hafela. He tells him, look, I'm going on a business trip. Until I come back, any vow that my wife makes, annul it. Veheferla, and he annulled it on behalf of the husband. Maybe they're annulled. We learned from Pasha Nidarim that only the husband could uphold and annul a vow. Now, meaning his messenger can't. That's the very biyoshiyah. We found everywhere that a person's shaliyah is like him. And therefore the trustee could annul the vow. Now, let's try to understand something. The whole reason is even according to Rabbi Yoshia, who is Oser, it's because the Pasuk said the husband could uphold it and the husband is the only one who could annul it. Let's say he didn't say that. Then the trustee could annul 
ve'ilu but still, when the husband himself uh, announced, Tanya, we learned in the Mishnah Nidarim, if a person told his wife, I'm going on a business trip, any vow that you make until that point is going to be upheld, he didn't say anything because the vow didn't come out of her mouth yet. And if he said, if he said that they're annulled, they're not annulled. And the Gemara explains this question. It sounds like when Rabbi Yoshia said that the trustee cannot annul the vow because the Torah said only the husband could, that's even according to Rabbanan who argued on Rabbi Yoshia. They hold that the husband cannot annul something that has not been vowed yet. If it wasn't for the Pasuk saying that only the husband could annul and uphold, we would have learned that the trustee is allowed to annul. So basically from this long back and forth, what are we understanding? That a person could uh, could make a shaliyah to do something that uh, that only he could do. And maybe by vows is different, but everywhere else he could. So then... It could very well be that when someone sent a shaliyah, he sent him to do something, even though it was a sure for him to do at the time. Now it's mutar, go ahead and do it. But the Gemara pushes back. Who said that Rabbi Yoshia held even according to Hachamim? Maybe he held according to Rabbi Yoshia. The Amar Matzemifer, that Rabbi Yoshia holds that the husband can annul the vow, even if the vow wasn't vowed yet. So it could be when Rabbi Yoshia said, uh, he could annul. It goes according to Rabbi Yehazir. And you can't hold that uh, in the case of a trustee, he could annul vows that weren't uh, vowed yet. The Gemara says, Ihachi, if Rabbi Yehazir was going according to Rabbi Yehazir, that the husband could annul vows that weren't vowed yet, why does he have to make a shaliyah? Let him make uh, an, one big annulment before he walks out, and she can't do anything. So the Gemara says, Kasabar, because his husband's thinking, Dilma, Mishtelina, maybe I'll forget, maybe I'll be angry, or I'll be busy with my business dealings, and I won't have time, or I won't be in a mindset to be able to annul the vow. So I sent a messenger to do it, a trustee to annul the vows uh, until I come back. And Tosafot asks, so if he could do it now, why is he putting a trustee? And the, the, Tosafot explains, because... He doesn't want to annul it in her face because that could cause shalom bayit issues. So he's just uh, setting someone else to do it uh, when he's not there. Next Mishnah. If a person said, I take it upon myself to uh, cut the hair of half a nazir, meaning to give uh, half of the worth of the korbanot that a nazir has to bring, meaning to donate half his korbanot. His friend heard nazir. And he said, also me, I want to uh, donate half the worth of a Nazir's korbanot. Zem galeach Nazir shalem. Vezem galeach Nazir shalem. Divere bimir. Bimir says each one of them have to pay for a full uh, korbanot, the full korbanot of one Nazir. The first one has to give half. Vezem galeach Nazir. And this one gives half. And Amar Abba, Kol Modim, everyone agrees. Kohechade Amar Hatsi korbanot Nazir alayf. He says... I am I'm donating half the korbanot of a nazir on me. Then hatsi korban maiteh. He only brings uh, half of the korbanot. Korbanot hatsi nazir alai. When he says uh, korba, the korbanot of half a nazir, 
then kule korban by aitoye he has to bring the entire korban out. Ma'ita, what's the reason? The halo ashkehan ezirut apalga, because we never found a half an ezirut. Therefore, you have to pay all. Where's the machloket They're arguing in just what did the Mishnah mean when in the Mishnah when a person said Hare Rabbi Meir Rabbi Meir thought you're going by the first thing he said, which is Hare and Kevan de Amar since he first said Hare Alai. That means I'm going to take it upon myself. Now he's a hayav in a full akule uh, korban nezirut, the entire korban. When he said afterwards, it's not up to him. He can't just give half a korban. Too late. You are now uh, obligated to pay for a full kor- uh, the full set of korbanot. The problem is, it's a vow, but the opening to the vow, the annulment is right next to it. He said Hare Alai, but then when he said Hatsi Nazir, it's as if he said half of the Korbanot on me. So they're not really arguing on Halakha, they're just arguing on what did he mean when he said Hare Alai, Hatsi Nazir. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam, Amen, Ve'amen.